Game on. Yo, yo. There we go. All right. Let's do this thing. All right. So as the title of this episode, (laughs) uh, we're doing a tight five hours on LeBron James returning to Cleveland. Not once, not twice, but well, it would be his return to Cleveland twice, but um, (laughs) so this isn't real. This isn't a real thing that I'm taking seriously. It's just, I saw a, um, a picture on Twitter with a quote that LeBron is enamored with the Cavs young core as you know, me and LeBron always on the same wavelength. Um, I agree. Um, <laughs> he he basically was just talking about how he enjoys the young core of the Cavs, and you know, obviously as I, but, oh my God, Jalen Hurts is terrible. Just fumbled this football. <laughs> I always, oh, Washington fumbled, and now there's a pile, and they picked it up, and he lost it again. There's a pile again. I believe Washington has it. Uh, yeah, they do. All right. Jalen Hurts, actually terrible, as he has been his entire career in the NFL. But, um, yeah, um, if LeBron – because LeBron, LeBron's not a free – didn't he just resign or restructure his deal? Uh, probably. It's hard to keep track of with these guys because – Yeah. Like he signed a four-year. They they always somehow find a way. Everybody's like the Kansas City Chiefs. They find a way somehow to get all these talented guys in their team, even though financially it makes no sense. None. But they they just picked it up Russell no Westbrook sense. in the the trade with the Wizards, which I think I just saw Kyle Kuzma hit a game winner for the Wizards recently. So he's I uh, hit one against Cleveland, and then he made fun of Cleveland. Didn't care for it. <laughs> well, I don't care for it either. But I, uh, I, I, he had to have. I guess he had to have done something with his deal to make room for Russell Westbrook. Um, I would assume so. At least is my assumption. So what I'm seeing here is he signed a two-year, eighty-five million dollar contract with the Lakers. That is this year and next year, and he could be an unrestricted free agent in 2023 at the ripe age of 38. He's making 41 this year. He'll make 44 next year. So when is – that's not when – I think LeBron James Jr. What class is he? He is going to be a senior next year. He's in the okay. 2023 recruiting class. We can, so tech, yeah, so technically, that's funny how that works. You know, LeBron's only been saying that for years that he wants to play with his son. Unfortunately, I don't think the Cavs are going to be bad enough to draft him. <laughs> Well, that remains to be seen what kind of NBA prospect, you know, LeBron James Jr. is going to be. But Yeah, and at that point, LeBron is going to be, I don't know, I don't know what, like a year or two left in the league. Who knows at this point, honestly, is uh, I would not be shocked. Like, I honestly would not be shocked if somehow, some way. 10 years down the road, he's like – now, obviously, 10 years down the line, he's going to be like a backup if he were to play. Now, none of these guys do this, but everybody retires before the league retires them. But some of these guys like, – like Shaq was 42. Yeah. And, I mean, he played like 20 games that year with the Celtics because he was injured the entire time. But, like, yeah. he was in the starting lineup. So, hypothetically, if LeBron wanted to play 10 more years – he could still be on a roster. He just would not be a starter. But 
but he would still be one of the right. let's see I don't I don't know 13 times 30 whatever that uh, 390 he would still be one of the best 390 basketball players in the world he just wouldn't be starter worthy so hypothetically speaking that's not super crazy no not at all but um I feel like I was I was going to say in 10 years he'll be 46 years old so, but then again, Tom Brady is like 46 now. That was a terrible pass by Matt Stafford. Holy Moses. But, um, yeah, as we're talking, the two Tuesday night football games are on. Um, I love it. I would rather I love it, by both the way. play at 7 o'clock, and they're both on Fox. So, it's you just get what you get. Obviously, this is the future, and Reddit streams exist, so I'm watching both. Um Washington has a first and goal. If the Eagles lose to Gary <laughs> Gilbert, I'm taking away their Super Bowl championship. Hey, fine by me. Wait, I didn't even know that he was on Washington. Yeah, because Heineke and um, uh, um, Allen are both have COVID. Who beat out Garrett Gilbert at Texas that forced him to transfer to SMU? Uh, I know he he came in for Colt McCoy in the championship. In the game. championship, yeah. Uh, who would have been after Colt McCoy? Uh, it's a dark time in Texas football. Let's look it up. I don't even know. Texas I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I can't even think of who their quarterback was this year. Because they had a couple. Because Hudson birthday card, card or whatever his name is got, got benched. Right. They had Hudson Card and Casey Thompson this year. But, Casey um, Thompson, that's who it was. See, they went from Colt McCoy to Garrett Gilbert in 2010, and then he went five and seven. And then they had in 2011 they had Garrett Gilbert, Case McCoy, and David Ash. And then the next uh... the next year was Case McCoy and David Ash. Same thing in 2013. 2014 with David Ash again and Tyrone Swoops. Uh, Ty- Tyrone Swoops Texas is back. I think, I think he beat. Uh, I think he beat Notre Dame. <laughs> Texas is back. Um, and then 2015 Tyrod Swoops and Gerard Hurd. 2016 Shane Bouchelle. 2017 Bouchelle and Ellinger. Ellinger and then Ellinger to Hudson and Casey Thompson. Yeah, not great. No. Um, in fact, a far cry from where they were in the 2000s, transitioning from Vince Young into four years of Colt McCoy. Yes. Well, yeah, it was Vince Young. That's right, Vince Young to Colt McCoy right away. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was, a, to my knowledge, a true freshman Colt McCoy, although he... uh, Well, it said he started four years, so I'm assuming he was a true freshman. Yeah. Although, hey, he, he wasn't like some giant NFL prospect, so he may have just pulled a fifth year, but... I, I, I'm Cleveland Browns legend. Uh, I, I don't know. Future Cleveland Brown, and somehow still in the league, winning games. Cold current, McCoy. yeah, current Arizona Cardinal. Yeah, like picking up, how picking up key vi- Did Cole McCoy get the Cardinals' last victory? He might have. I know they lost to the Rams, and I want to say they lost another one before that. Who did they play last week? The Pan- uh, they played the. They got smoked by the Panthers, but um. Oh, the that was Cam Newton's first game back. But um, 
Cardinals, I'm trying to get set, pulling up his sports reference page. Okay, I got to see these stats. Mm, yeah, it was even worse than I remembered his time in Cleveland. That's great. Um, <laughs> played with San Francisco for a year. Was with Washington forever. Um, was with the Giants last year because I remember he played us on Sunday Night Football. Um, oh man, yeah, it was him and Freddie Kitchens both. Sure, it was Freddie Kitchens still with the Giants. Didn't Jake Fromm start a game for the Giants recently? He came in, yes, uh, this past week because, you know, Mike Glenn. How bad was he? Stinks. Uh, I mean, he only played like a drive, but he looked – he didn't do anything bad. I don't think he threw an interception or anything. Or just, That's one of the best compliments you can give a backup quarterback. Yeah, it really is. <sighs> Let's see. They should just start him for the remainder of the season. Might as well see if he has anything. I. Uh, uh, I might as well, honestly, because Mike Glennon is is he a thief. And now it's this is more of an issue for the Chicago Bears. It's not an issue for the New York Giants. But what in the world happened with the the Bears to where they thought that Mike Glennon, who I guess was a decent starter with the Buccaneers, but I'll get the judge of that. Yeah, so Jameis Winston was mixed in somewhere. He got drafted. Now, I don't know if the Buccaneers declined to re-sign Mike Glennon or if uh, they just let him go because here comes Jameis Winston. I don't know what that deal was, but Mike Glennon was in between Josh Freeman, who once upon a time was thought to be really good, and uh, Jameis Winston. Mm. But I forget the... Yeah, uh, Mike Lennon has never had a winning season as a starting quarterback, and his last win as a starter came in 2017 when he was with Chicago. So he's not. They paid him so much money. Yeah. Um, didn't start in 2016 for Tampa. That would have been Jameis. Or yeah, that would have been yeah. Jameis. Uh, oh my gosh! Wait, so he was so he he and Jameis had some crossover. Yeah. And the Bears gave that much money to Jameis's backup? Yeah. And uh, uh, Glenn was only there for a year. What a – this that organization is so dumb, man. That was a Mitch Trubisky. That was yeah, a and then, and, yeah, and then they're like, hold on, wait a minute. We got a new guy coming in called yeah. Maserati Mitch. Yeah, this guy will lead us to the promised land. Yeah, let's bring in Matt Nagy to work with him, too. Mm, he's been doing well. <laughs> He's on. Uh, he's on his so last I, I watched that, So I, yeah. So I watched that game last night, the Bears and the Vikings on, on mute. I watched it on my computer because I was playing. I've been putting in serious hours on PGA Two K Twenty One. Um, so I was playing that. I was watching it on silent, and it was. Just, I I could just tell that it was an all time disaster of a game for the Bears. Everything went wrong. I mean. Justin Fields for his stat. Justin Fields' stats last night actually they looked good on paper. He was a lot worse when, or, and worse is a harsh word because I think he was fine last night. But he what he what his actual play the tape tells the tale. Um, for Justin Fields for the majority of the season because there's there's some stinkers for a box scores for Justin Fields where it's like 
Well, I mean, if you actually watch the game, he, he his offensive line's giving him nothing right now. Um, he has no reliable receivers. Allen Robinson does not want to be in Chicago. Darnell Mooney's the only capable receiver on the roster, and he's he is what he is. Um, it, Jimmy Graham's still on the uh-huh. roster. I, I see the vision on Cole Komet. Uh, he just hasn't put it all together yet. But I mean, they they have nothing going on, and they ha- I mean they have to knock this next coaching hire out of the park. Whether it be um, you know Ryan Day has been rumored a lot. I could see that. That's what everyone's saying, man. But I, I don't. know. I could see it. I mean, he's. We we always think these college coaches love the universities as much as we do the fans when. <laughs> for Urban Meyer, sure, because he was Ohio State, because he has Ohio State roots and all that. But um, Ryan Day has no affiliation with the school other than he's the head coach currently. He never played there. He didn't grow up in Ohio. I don't think he did. Um, so, I mean, he has no connect. Like, if the Bears come up and offer him, like, double, or not even double, what do you, I don't even know what Ryan Day is making right now. But if they offer him, like, some you cannot refuse this deal type money. He's just not going to refuse, I don't think. If you're Ohio State, knowing what you know now, do you hot hot off of the Michigan loss? Do you give him the blank check to keep him to stay? Uh, right yeah. day, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, easily. I, 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 it's just the fact that I know Ohio State's a top tier job, and it's going to cause like top tier. Uh, what's the what's the phrase I'm looking for? Top tier attention in the coaching carousel. But I don't know who out there right now would take the Ohio State job. I uh, I doubt you could pluck Mike Vrabel out of the NFL. Um, I I don't think you can get Luke Fickle out of Cincinnati right now. Um, you don't think Cam- you can get him to come back? No, nah, I don't know. But um, Matt Campbell, obviously, he has Ohio State ties. He was rumored to be one of the candidates before they hired Ryan Day. Uh, Ryan, uh, Matt Campbell doesn't really move the needle for me. So, but uh, yeah, we're, we're on a off and on sort of Ross and Rachel deal with Matt Campbell and whether or not he's good. Every single year, he's either oh no 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 no, no. you know we were we were wrong about him, or it's. Matt Campbell is lined up for Michigan or Ohio State or Alabama. He's just waiting for one of these coaches to just retire so he can take over. So uh, it, I think it's funny how I mean, just just like a, within the past couple of weeks, it was oh oh Matt Campbell's going to Notre Dame. Sure, just just give it time. The season once once right. the season's over and the bowl season's over, he's going to Notre Dame. So it's we are so all over the place with Matt Campbell and whether or not we think he's any good. And this this year he the, the Iowa State Cyclones were the team that everyone was saying they're the dark horse to win the national championship. They were like number six right. because the top five was like dead set. It was Oklahoma, it was Alabama, it was Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, and they all of their quarterbacks were also top five in the Heisman odds to start the year. So it was pretty locked in to start the year. Those were the top five teams. And then Iowa State was number six. And they had a – they didn't have a horrible season. But 
they yeah they they definitely disappointed. So I, I I don't know where we're at with Matt Campbell. I'm I'm currently at the point where I'm uh, not a, a huge fan. But in regard to Ryan Day, I. I'm like you, man. I think that despite the fact that this year was a colossal disappointment, and even in some of the wins, there were plenty of moments where there were head head scratching decisions, uh, in game decisions made, play calling wise. Right. Um, there were a, a litany of issues that I know that me and my friends had with some of his play calling. Um, some of those became an issue in the Michigan game, which he lost. Obviously, uh, they just Throwing when you're supposed sure to run or running when you're supposed to throw one way or the other. It just seems like there were so many times where Ryan Day and um, at least the fans that I talked to were not on the same page with the play calling. But despite all of that, and despite the fact that Ohio State consist- considers itself a school that in its current state should be going undefeated heading into the Big Ten Championship and probably winning the Big Ten Championship and going undefeated into the playoffs, um, I still think that. I still think that if you don't make a move on Ryan Day in order to keep him, should the Bears come calling, or anybody else in the NFL for that matter, I think that you would have to kind of look at yourself and say, okay, our standard in order to be interested in a candidate is absolute perfection, and that's just unreasonable. So I think that Ryan Day's given enough, and I don't, I don't like to do this right. per se because. I, I, because these are, these are draft picks, I guess, at this point, but the recruiting rankings look really good for Ohio State. Now, you could also argue that, that the recruiting rankings should be good for any, any head coach at Ohio State because the university and the football program itself should be able to recruit itself and they should need Ryan right. Day to have a top five recruiting class every year. They should be able to have that just because they're Ohio State. That's that's a fair argument too. So there are plenty of ways to look at it, but I think Ryan Day's had so much success over the past three years that although people are starting to take into consideration, like all right, like you're you've been playing with Urban's roster and guys that he recruited. Let's see what you can do completely on your own and. Uh, mm-hmm. To his credit, he is he's making some tough decisions, although you could argue whether or not they're tough with the demotion of Kerry Combs, because uh, I, I think Ryan Day would have had 100,000 angry Buckeye fans sitting outside of his house in his driveway if Kerry Combs finished the season as the defensive coordinator. So uh, but he's showing that he's at least willing to make those decisions, no matter how easy they may be, although they're probably uncomfortable to make. Uh, in his position. So I think that Ryan Day, despite the fact that this season has left a sour taste in the mouths of Buckeye fans, I still think he's somebody who Ohio State should really make a run to. And Ohio State fans should also be encouraged by this because they're not the ones who have to put the bill for this. Uh, this is probably boosters and the university itself. So, uh, I, I really don't think that fans should get. And I'm not trying to be. Right. The, I'm not trying to minimize fans' opinions, but the one thing that I think that fans may get a little bit too worked up over is coaches' salary because the, we're not the ones who pay for that, so we don't have to worry about whether or not we can afford a, a coach or not. 
So we should, or whether or not we're paying a coach too much, I should say, because that we're not the ones losing money on that. Yeah. We should be consider could be considering whether or not we can afford a coach, but overpaying should not be something that fans should be considered uh, or should be really concerned with. So I think Ryan Day <laughs> should get whatever money uh, is required. Yeah, he's going to be I, – I mean, I have a feeling he's going to be at Ohio State for a very long time. It's not a job that you just kind of stay at for two years, three, two, three years and leave. But, um, I mean, but if, if my point was if the Bears do come calling, Ryan Day is 100% going to listen to it. But um, and As he should, man. That's, that's, yeah. and this is, I was kind of thinking about this too. And it, this is a weird thing to say. He's got NFL ties. Yeah, he came from the NFL to Ohio State. And – I, this is a weird thing to say because everybody in the NFL is kind of like on par with each other, but the Bears are a big brand in football. They're they have a lot of history, so I mean that's pretty much the only thing that'll make you a big brand because everybody in the NFL is a big brand just because it's the NFL. But right, yeah, especially the Bears. Yeah, and, and they're in the third biggest market in the country behind New York and LA and LA doesn't count because they don't actually care about football. They just have cool stadiums there No, and celebrities show up when they're invited. But so they're actually, you could argue in the second best football market or somewhere in that top tier. Um, Chicago sports fans are definitely crazy, but I, uh, I think that that's a job. If it were in, if it were, say, I, I don't know, if, this is, I, I'm not trying to do this Urban Meyer, Ryan Day thing. If it were Jacksonville, I feel a little bit differently, but I feel like, I, I feel like the Bears is a job that actually has standards and expectations for success because they're a team that has winning history and it, d decently recent history. They were a playoff team. When Mitch Trubisky right. was the MVP, uh, Rex Grossman somehow took that team to a Super Bowl. So this isn't some Wobegon franchise like the Detroit Lions or a franchise like the Jacksonville Jaguars who have barely been around. And even when they have been around, they haven't won very much. So I, I just think that the Bears are kind of in that Packers, yeah. Cowboys, Steelers. Maybe it's here beneath them. Maybe like a – Maybe on par with like a 49ers or something like that. But I, I think the Bears are a respectable franchise. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, playing in Chicago will do that. But um, I was trying, you mentioned Iowa State a little bit ago, and that got me thinking where I ranked them because I did preseason rankings. Oh boy, my chair almost broke. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I did preseason rankings at Primetime Sports Talk, so I was digging through my author page to look for that, and I found it. Uh, at Georgia one, Clemson two, yikes. Uh, Alabama three, Oklahoma four, Ohio State five. Uh, apparently, I had North Carolina six, uh, Texas A and M seven, uh -oh. USC eight. Uh, nine Cincinnati. What the hell was I on? Nine Cincinnati. <laughs> you you saw the vision ahead of time. You knew Lincoln yeah. was coming. Ten Iowa State. Eleven Indiana. I don't know what I was thinking there. Twelve Oregon. Thirteen Notre <laughs> Dame. Fourteen. Wow, I was really bad at this. Fourteen Washington. Fifteen Wisconsin. <laughs> Sixteen Iowa. Seventeen Coastal Carolina. Eighteen Texas. Nineteen Louisiana. Twenty Liberty. Twenty one the U. 22 Arizona State, 23 LSU, 
24 Ole Miss and 25 West Virginia. I'm a little surprised. Uh, I, I thought Michigan was going to be dog shit this year, but so that's probably why they're not ranked. <laughs> but apparently they were not that. So yeah, hey, the AP didn't think that they were going to be anything either. Yeah, that's a fair point. I, I'm, I'm a lot of people didn't think Michigan was going to be anything, but um, damn right. Who else? Eric the Enemy would be a good one for Chicago. Um. The only knock on Eric B. Enemy that I have is that, and it's uh, it's kind of the knock that I have on whoever. Oh gosh, I think Oregon hired the guy. The guy who was Georgia's defensive coordinator. Did he go to Oregon? Yeah. 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 Um, My only concern with these guys is that they're the coordinators under coaches who also coach their side of the ball. So. I, I'm a little bit concerned that uh-huh. maybe Eric Bieniemy and this, by the way, this, oh my gosh, actually Eric Bieniemy is the worst candidate for this because Matt Nagy had Eric Bieniemy's position before Eric Bieniemy had it. Oh, so Matt Nagy came straight from the offensive coordinator ranks of the mm. Kansas City Chiefs. So I think the Chicago Bears are done trying to pluck off the Andy Reid coaching tree. But um, the one concern that I have. Is maybe like Andy Reid's the genius, and Eric Bieniemy's. I don't want to say that he's just there because, yeah, he's. But he's also uh, possibly. Uh, again, I'm not in the. I'm not showing up to Kansas City Chiefs practices. I'm not on the team. I don't know. I don't know how much of that playbook is Andy Reid and how much of that playbook is Eric Bieniemy. But that is a concern that I have. That those guys. And look, maybe that he goes to a different team and he steals a bunch of Andy Reid's knowledge, and then it's like we have two Andy Reids in the league. That's also possible. But I, I, I just have no idea how much credit to give them yeah. because they are a true assistant coach. Like, uh, I, I just Urban Meyer, for example, offensive coach. So whoever is deep, whoever is deep. <laughs> some some former uh, football coach. Who? Um, he he was an offensive guy. So whoever his defensive yeah. coordinator was was the true leader of that defense. So that that's my only concern with the enemy. Uh, but he also has uh, a lot of experience around one of the most prolific prolific offenses uh, in the NFL. In really, I guess the history of the NFL um, with this iteration that they have but he's the understudy to Andy Reid and wherever he goes he's going to have a lot less talent than the Chiefs so uh, I I don't really know how to gauge that but everybody a lot of people think that he should just be like the automatic number one I guess number one pick number one candidate anywhere that he interviews but I don't know that's tough to gauge yeah um that's always been the knock on him is that Andy, I'm, I believe Andy Reid does call the plays. So that, what does, what does Brian, da- or not Brian Dayball, um, Eric Bannemi do? He just scheme? Is uh, he just a scheme guy? Or I, I don't know. I, I've always kind of questioned why they even need offensive coordinators for offensive head coaches. Like if, if it, what does he do? If Andy Reid's calling. Kind of take the practice. I mean, Andy Reid needs all that time, you know, when he's not calling offensive plays to not use his timeouts. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, he's kind of like the producer of the show. 
He's not like one of the like talents on the air. He's the pre- he's kind of like an intern, I guess. Yeah, that, like, getting Andy Reid's coffee every morning, you know. <laughs> exactly, that's what he's up to. So I, that's just yeah. that's what I worry about with these guys. And in college, it's different because uh, you're you have a big handed recruiting if you're a coordinator. And you're one. You're one of the lead guys in recruiting. You uh, you kind of have a little bit of say right. so there. So I, he's, I, I guess his role is to just give give ideas to Andy Reid. But Andy Reid's been coaching in the NFL for a long time. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. He's he made a Super Bowl back in 2004, and then he was always kind of like really close, but just never able to get back until recent history. So I, I don't know. Andy Reid's right. been in my Andy Reid once upon a time was like the Mark D'Antoni. Wait, wh- which one's, which one's D'Antoni? Which one's D'Antonio? D'Antonio is Michigan state. D'Antonio Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. Was Andy Reid and Mike D'Antoni were, all, were always kind of the same. It's like, they were always really, really good. And then once they got to the playoffs, something just went catastrophically wrong. And then all of their, the empire came crumbling down, but so he was always really respected despite the fact that he had not won a Super Bowl up to that point. Um, I don't know. I, I've heard Eric Bieniemy's name like as a possible no head coaching job in college. I, I don't know. I think it was D'Antonio. But I, yeah, D'Antonio is the football coach. Yeah, it's Mark D'Antonio and Mike D'Antoni. That is so confusing. Is D'Antoni, Mike D'Antoni the basketball coach, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah who is the Rockets. who is yeah. in one He's of the, the most emasculating positions ever by being an assistant coach for one of his former players? Oh. Steve Nash calls the shots. Oh, he yeah, the he's, he's an assistant coach on the net. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I just he was with the Rock. Was he, was he the coach of the Suns when um uh, it was Nash and um Stoudemire? Stoudemire. Yeah, the well, did he, did he coached the Knicks. Yeah, yeah he no, did. That sounds like so, a Knicks, a guy who coached the Knicks. Yeah, he uh the Carmelo Anthony, J.R. Smith, oh brother, um, also Amari Stoudemire. The best, he just followed Amari Stoudemire yeah, the, over there, I guess. Yeah, the best. Um, 2K all-time team is the 2012 Knicks. Because oh, Jeremy Lin was like a 95 a overall I, for no I, reason. That 2K12 had the best intro ever to a video oh, game. Yes. The, uh, oh, yeah. The the mix of new school and old school player. That was when I, – I, I learned so much about the NBA that year just from 2K – like having those old school teams. Curtis, the Curtis Blow. Oh my intro. gosh, that was the thing of beauty. Curtis Blow. Look, Curtis Blow has some hits, man. I he haven't has. heard of him other than that song, but I'll do some research. He, has, he does have some hits. That was. I, that would get me so fired up when they had that little intro graphic where I, all the players are playing together. Oh my goodness, that got me fired up. Right. His real name is Curtis Walker. I think I I, I wonder where that blow nickname came from. Yeah, for a rapper from the, let's see, 80s? Uh, mm. Beats yeah, me. I wonder. 
what a yeah, what a song. But um, the other name, just I was thinking of just names off the top of my head for the Bears outside of um the enemy. Um, Brian Dayball is one. He's going to get a job somewhere. The OC for Buffalo. Um, 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 uh, Greg Roman with the uh, Ravens. He was the coach of. Uh, he was, I believe, he was Kaepernick's OC at San Francisco. So I kind of, I would gladly co-sign any sort of loss for the Ravens. Listen, I agree, but um, <laughs> uh, you know, Kaepernick and Lamar, Justin Fields, three athletic quarterbacks. So obviously, he has a a history, but behind that, uh, Byron Leftwich is the OC of Tampa right now. He'd be a good one. Uh. Kellen, Kellen Moore was the hot name coming into the season, but from what Cowboys fans have been tweeting on my timeline, they hate him now. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know why. Oh, right. uh, well, apparently Dan Quinn is the new hot name in Dallas because he's resurrected oh, himself. But it, I, I hope that people aren't forgetting how how frustrating he was in Atlanta because. He is now he's got a backwards Fair. hat in Dallas and Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs and now everyone forgets that he was an awful head coach. Just the worst. Um, I don't care how many Super Bowls he led Atlanta to. He would he stunk. And he would also but, uh, do it every year where he would win a few games at the end of the year and ruin the draft pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that happened to that. In the world when you're a fan and your team just starts winning at the end, it's like fuck you, stop. But it's, yeah, it's like, like it's like I finally bought into the idea of losing, and now we're right. gonna start winning. Right, but I mean, I get it because these, the players are playing for their next contract. They don't give a shit about the future of the Cleveland Browns. But, um, <laughs> oh yeah, that's for that's for the ownership and the GM to worry about. The coaches and players should be worrying about winning. Yes, exactly. But um, let's see, we got. I'm pulling up the playoff rankings since we're talking about the NFL. I don't want to look at the playoff rankings, but I'm going to um, because my <laughs> Cleveland Browns lost. And that was the most deflating loss I think ever in the history of the Browns. <laughs> in, in my in my life, now, obviously the Browns have gotten their balls kicked in a couple times, but um, <laughs> that wait, was, wait, 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 that or Will Hill. Listen, the Browns were had absolutely no expectations that year. And it was kind of like, oh, cool, we're playing Monday Night Football. This is sweet. Um, nothing bad will happen here. Uh, a lot of things bad happened. But um, that the, – the Browns – so the situation was this. The Browns were in second place in the AFC North heading into that day. Uh, yesterday. If they won, they would be in first place. If they lost, they would be in last place. Every single human being on the planet has COVID now, so the Browns were without everyone. Um, so they had to start Nick Mullins, who who did fine. He did he did what I expected. He did, they didn't ask him to throw the ball downfield. He didn't make any stupid throws. He didn't turn the ball over. He did he did he did what he showed up to do and hand the ball off to Nick Chubb and occasionally make a big throw. Um, he made that awesome play on fourth and goal to take the lead, and then they just give up a field goal. It was at the final seconds. That was that was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. It, the Browns went from potentially being the fourth seed in the AFC, just because they would have uh, be a division leader, to the tenth seed. The Browns Actually, is the, the Browns. 
because they don't hold well, a lot of tiebreakers. They hold the tiebreaker over Baltimore currently and Cincinnati. They don't over Pittsburgh. That could change if they beat them on Monday Night Football against in Pittsburgh. Um, but like the rest of the AFC North, I was looking at their schedules. It's a gauntlet for all four teams. Like, well, Browns have the Packers next week, and as we, as I saw on Twitter, uh, as we, as we all know, Aaron Rodgers might miss that game because he loves to spend the holidays with his family. Yeah, he's got to be, he's got to be a family. <laughs> he's a family he's man. Uh, the Browns had the Packers Christmas Day in Lambeau. Don't care for that. Uh, and then next week is Monday Night Football in Pittsburgh. Don't care for that. And then they wrap up the season with Cincinnati. So that could be a potentially massive. Um, Pittsburgh has Kansas City next week in Kansas City. Kansas City's dealing with a little COVID outbreak, though. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, then the Browns, like oh, I said. Thank goodness. That was well-timed. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore finish the season in Baltimore. I, I like how all four of the AFC North, they're all playing each other. Um, Baltimore has yeah. uh, Cincinnati next week in Cincinnati, uh, Los Angeles at Baltimore, and then Pittsburgh, like I just said. So all three teams have a gauntlet. If the, it's basically, and if the Browns win out, they have to be in, obviously. They're, they would win the AFC North because they would have taken care of that Pittsburgh tiebreaker and they would have cemented the tiebreaker over Cincinnati. Um, and by the looks of things, Baltimore doesn't, I don't think Baltimore can break the tie that they have with Cleveland right now. I don't know how that works, but um, that's what I thought I read that last night. Uh, I wonder what the, because I, I don't think Cincinnati can win the division. I just don't think they can. They, they have a lot of injuries. Um, especially on defense, um, because my 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 boy uh, Joe Bacci was uh, started the last two weeks, and then um, the play that Teddy Bridgewater had to get carted off the field last week, uh, Joe tore his ACL on that play, so that kind of sucked. Yeah, no. he was playing very well. I was very surprised by how well he's playing, but uh, that, that really stinks. So I mean, that just. It just so happened to be that I I known that guy since I was like five. But my point was that Cincinnati is really hurt in the secondary. Eli Apple's actually been playing very well for Cincinnati. I will note that. Yeah, and he's telling everybody about it on Twitter. Sounds like a Buckeye. Um, <laughs> yeah, sounds yeah. like sounds like a Buckeye from that championship team. Mm-mm-mm. Except for my <laughs> king, JT Barrett. Mm. That's right. Absolutely always that JT Barrett's going to get a tryout with the Jaguars this year. <laughs> hey, he would have been next year's guy. I guarantee you that if, if his head coach would just stick around. If, if, I, if I saw a JT Bauer or JT Bauer, JT Barrett, <laughs> um, JT Barrett quarterback power up the middle in the NFL, I would have cried. <laughs> that would have brought back so many memories. Oh my God! What a what a disgusting time when we just kind of settled. Oh yeah, Jakey Barrett's good enough to win a double digit game, so we'll keep going with that. If he just keeps running up the middle into the into a linebacker for five yards, <laughs> and then everybody's like, "Oh, this guy, best oh, this quarterback in Big, is, yeah. Big Ten history." Make this dude throw. Uh huh. Except against Penn State when he torched their ass in the second half. 
Oh, that was a lot of dink and dunk, except for that one throw to the tight end. In the- except for all three touchdowns he threw. Yeah. Marcus Ball. Marcus Ball, come on. He was with I Washington gotta, for let, a little bit. I don't know if he's still there, but I know he was there. I got a hot take, and I'm sorry. I'm not, oh try, I'm not trying to be the Buckeye hater here, oh, no. but can we be honest? We Those go. uniforms in that Penn State game were awful. The the light gray with the dark gray numbers. Yeah, they didn't make much <laughs> like, sense. Ohio State doesn't they, – they didn't look anything like that. That's not even like a remote – like uh, that's not a throwback. No. That's not in – that's not a reasonable alternate uniform. Like, is well, that, I, I don't even know where that Ohio goes State from. Did, they, they went through a phase in the latter years of Jim Trestle where they would wear alternates that you've never seen before um, against Michigan because they know they were just going to beat the shit out of them. Weren't so they, like, they throwback-themed, though? What's that? Weren't they, like, throwback-themed? Yeah, it was something like one year it was, like, white. The helmets were white. The jerseys were white. And the legs were like the color, like a darker shade of that gray they wore against Penn State, and they had the numbers on their on their helmet, and it was like the red. The jerseys were white, but there was red striping on the shoulder pads. Uh, one year they wore red, like chrome red helmets with a red jersey and like a tan pair of pants or something like that. It was it, it was sweet. Uh, and then they had they had those chrome helmets. Yes. You know how they wore like the chrome helmets. Uh, the red was like a little different on the jerseys, mm-hmm. and then, and then the championship year they had the jersey. It was practically the same, but it had the black stripe on the on the shoulders, and the numbers were black on the shoulders. I don't know. I don't know how like that might yeah. make a difference on Ohio State's jersey made a difference, but those uniforms popped. So I'm gonna look up Ohio State schedule or uniforms. Yeah. Ohio State. Yeah, the Penn State uniforms were not cool. I will say this. I did like the white uniforms that they wore against Michigan, which were just the away version of the Penn State uniforms. But, oh, my gosh. And can we also talk – the helmets were just, like, matte gray. And, like, it was like – we had, like – it was fifty, literally 50 shades of gray out there running around on the football field. But the worst part about it, they had, like, these (laughs) bright red shoes that they were all wearing. And it had like, yeah. nothing made sense. It no, was not at all. It, I'll, I'll say this. Actually, it was around. It may not have been as bad. Do you remember? And I know you're a college football savant, and you're obviously the big fashion guy. We text each other every single time North sure, Carolina yeah. pranks out the old uniforms. So, so you and I, you and I know about this oh, stuff. God. Do you remember the uniforms that Notre Dame wore that one year where they played Miami when we were in middle school? Where like the the yeah. helmet was split one side gold, one side navy, but it wasn't split right down the middle. Right. Yeah. Let me. Alternate. Miami two thousand twelve. They went through a phase where they wore the shamrock on their helmet too. I remember that. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. they had like one half was like sorta, it was like sorta like I don't know. It's so yeah, it's so weird. Like seventy five percent of the helmet's gold, and then the other twenty five percent is navy, and it has like a white silhouette of the Fighting Irish. Uh huh. I'll tell you what, I kind of rock with these these uh, uniforms with the ND logo on their helmet. Those are kind of those are kind of cool. Um. 
Which one? It's a Shamrock series. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Notre Dame Shamrock series. We always come out with something cool. We had the... Right. We had... Oh, we tr- we cool. dressed up like the Yankees. We wore pinstripes that one year, a couple years ago. Oh, God. Uh, Heavens. The, that, that, was, that one... It was kind of cool, but also kind of lame. It, it, it kind of looked like like we right. were trying to be the Yankees, and obviously that's the theme. But I don't know. It was it's debatable whether or not we pulled it off well. Um, yeah, they got to wear these greens more often. Yeah, we wore those. That was in. That like was Quinn Brady Quinn. Oh wait, wait, oh, oh, which greens? Well, because they lost to them in USC, the Bush push play. Weren't they wearing green yeah, in that the, one? Yeah, and then we wore them again two years later, and I'm pretty sure USC, led by Mark Sanchez, beat us 38 to nothing on our own on our home field. Oh, pretty good. Um, yeah, Notre Dame has some pretty good uniforms in the chamber that they just don't release ever. We we have a uh, look up the 20. I think this is 2015. Uh, the Shamrock series. We played at Fenway Park against Boston College. Those green uniforms uh-huh. are insane. And Ooh. these these greens, but these uniforms that that you're looking at right now from the from that game, we uh those are the uniforms that we're like handing our recruits every time that they show up and they t- they t- take photo shoots and all of them. So I want to bring those uniforms back at some point because th- th- those those look, like, those look good. Uh, Ohio, I like the like alternate, just the head of the Fighting Irish on the helmet too. Yeah, man. We uh, man. Every now and again, it's sometimes we really hit with the Shamrock Series uniforms, and sometimes we just completely flop, and it's hard to. Yeah, we're all over the place. Th- this year we had a. A very old school look, as did Wisconsin. But right, uh, we I'll got, tell you what, Notre Dame, their baseball uniforms are among the best. I I got to take a look at this. They wear a green. They wear a lot of green, and it's a script Irish on it. They have the gold helmets, batting helmets. They have a green hat. Oh, I do something about their. Oh, they actually. Oh, they they look like the. Uh... Right, they look like that uniform. Yeah, their road grays are surprisingly strong for just being gray, and it just says Notre Dame on the front. It just kind of it just looks good. I don't know why. Just the colors, I don't know, but it just looks sharp. Yeah, man, this is you and I are the the fashionistas of college football. These are some nice and baseball. Do you do you remember back in the day? Now I used to do this. This was a big deal when I was in middle school. We would always like go on the Nike page and look up all the new upcoming Nike Pro Combat uniforms. Oh my gosh, Nike Pro Combat! Oh yeah, just give me a 2011. Let's just see what we got. Oh, the gold helmets for Michigan State. This, ooh, Army and Navy. I I love that Army and Navy is turning into like a big fashion camp. Oh. I mean, you want to talk Navy's uniforms this year. Good Lord, those were attractive. Oh, my God. Those helmets? <laughs> Absolutely. Ohio State. Oh, man. They have some, Navy has some heat. 
Well, no wonder Ohio State lost to Michigan in 2011. They weren't wearing any cool uniforms. Yeah. Oh, because I'm looking at these Navy. Oh, Lord have mercy. Oh, my goodness. The 2010. Ooh. I know which ones you're talking about. The 2010 Ohio State uniforms against Michigan. I mean, this is just. The red one? Yep. This is just top tier. I remember those Those sold yeah. really well. Th- those were they busted, everywhere in the stores. They busted them out one time and haven't worn them since. I'm a little pissed about it. And there's like no, there's like no footage of this game in existence. There's none. <laughs> I, I mean, that, that's just some crap right there. I think there. this was like a year Michigan won like three games. So. Oh, oh so we know who's behind it. Here's a no huddle, but it's like 42 minutes. I don't watch 42 minutes. Yeah, I, I, I want the real thing. I, I, I want full. Uh, that's what I do when I always watch old school. Oh games. my god! And the the quality of this is disgusting. I can't even see a single <laughs> number on either team. I know it's throw fire, god damn it. Uh huh. A future Cleveland Brown footballer, Dane Sazenbacher, Alex Boone. I went the my freshman year at Mansfield. I roomed with Alex Boone's cousin. Yeah. Really. Matt, Devere Posey, Dan Heron. Or that's not a uh, boom. Yeah, that would have been too late. That's Mike Adams from Dublin. Dublin Coffin High School. Oh yeah, Justin. They right. both the Boring twins. Or they, I don't know if they're Mike twins, a- but brothers. Mike Adams, which I mean, that was my high school. Um, he was an All American, I believe, at Ohio State. He was the number three recruit in the country. He, uh, yeah, they, uh, my high school. This was two thousand seven. Was their senior year? It was Mike Adams at left tackle, and it was Jake Stoneburner at wide receiver. Jake Stoneburner, yeah, what a name! That's uh, I graduated with his little brother. I'd say what he, um, his brother spent one year at Boston College, and then just came back to Ohio State. But like as a just a, a regular student, he didn't oh. continue football, even though he, I. I want to see a wonder, I think he was all state though. His his little brother. I'll tell you what. He should have gone to Ohio State to be a punter. I, I for as good of a receiver as Jake Stoneburner's little brother was, he was a better punter, which is mind blowing. But huh. that always seems to be the case where you just find out like every, all these dudes are just really good punters and they just don't punt. Yeah, uh, when we played Brendan White in high school, he punted and he was really good too. He he had a seventy yard punt in high school. Hot damn. I, like, they should be in the league. Agreed. I, I, think, I know Ohio State had a kick return or a punt return for a touchdown. I'm trying to find it. Boston. In this game. Uh, it, it is. Oh, which, it is absolutely disgusting to me that the Notre Dame Boston College game from 2015 does not have enough footage out there. I want to watch the entire game, but literally the best that they have is a five minute highlight. That is the most footage that they have in this game. Is that is is a five minute highlight. Now look, uh, Notre Dame played terrible in this game. I think Deshaun Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Kaiser also played terrible in this game. In fact, I did watch one of these highlight videos one time and I swear he threw an interception just straight into a defender's chest. 
like Listen, as I, if he didn't exist. As a one-time watcher of Deshaun Kaiser playing football, he he, he tends to do that a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, here it is. Who who returned this kick? I can't make it out because it's filmed like in back in like 1958, number seven. Jordan Hall. Yeah, that would be Jordan Hall. He was supposed to be a monster at Ohio State. He he could never stay healthy. His senior year was Urban Meyer's first year. And I remember what they did. ESPN used to do like their own little mini hard knocks for like, you remember when like ESPN would like, like on college game day, they would have like five minute segments of stuff. They, they did that yeah. with Ohio State in uh, training camp with when Urban Meyer's first year. And I remember Jordan Hall was supposed to be a big guy, but he ended up tearing his Achilles or something before the season. Let me see. It. This dude had it because he was a really hmm. good returner. Jordan Hall. Let's see his stats. Oh, not basketball. I do not want to watch. Look at basketball stats. Jordan Hall, Ohio no. State. Stats. Here we go. Yeah, he cool. played here for five years. He never, yeah, he never really did anything with this in the stats. The most yards he ran for is 408 yards. But was he, he had he only had one kick return. I always he was always a lot better than what his stats showed. Oh no, he had 500 yards in 2013, eight touchdowns. Um, he was oh he was one of those players that was always a lot better. He should have. He should have been an Ohio State great if he stayed healthy because he was that he was that he was that dude. Mm-hmm. That's... He also got buried in the depth chart with like Daniel Heron and Carlos Hyde, but yeah. Um, there was another hall. Is it was it Roy Hall or Ray Hall? There were there were multiple halls. There was a Ray Small. That's it. Yep, Ray Small. He was supposed to be. He came out of Glenville, which is where. Jim Trestle just took every good player out of Glenville. Um, Cardell <laughs> exactly. Jones, Edmund Jr. Just a, there's a bunch. Uh, there's a bunch of others, but um, he he was supposed to be the real deal. I think he was like a four star commit, and he ended up like getting kicked out of school for something. But um, oh oh no, yeah, it wasn't great. Um, there was a Roy Hall. He was a receiver. I don't remember when he played. Yeah, it was or it was during the Trestle days. But I don't remember. He, it was he scored a touchdown in 06 against Michigan. It was uh-huh. dude. That was a crowded room. It was Ted Ginn, Anthony Gonzalez, Brian Hartline, Brian Rubisky, and Roy Hall. Also, like all of them. Well, it was obviously Ted Ginn and Anthony Gonzalez were one and two, but like Rubisky, Hartline, and Hall were all right. like, fighting for the third spot. That's kind of cool how they're all Ohio State guys, though. I like, or uh, born in Ohio guys. Or no, Ravisky wasn't an Ohio guy, was he? I know his I dad. Have no idea. Here. Oh, really? Yeah. No, he went to high school. Oh, he was born in Los Angeles, so his dad must have been had, must have had a job over there, and because he went to high school at Chagrin Falls, which is Greater Cleveland. Oh yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Those guys might all have been Cleveland guys then because Ginn came from Glenville. Anthony Gonzalez, who is a politician now, um, is came from St. Ignatius, which is in Cleveland. It's where my dad went to school. Uh, Rubisky 
Yeah, Robisky went to oh, really? uh, Chagrin Falls. Uh, no, no, what's his name? Heart, Heartline's from Columbus, is he not? I, think I really don't a, know, to be honest with you. I thought I thought he was I thought he was a Dublin guy. No, he went to Gleno, uh, so that was that's in Canton by Akron. That's who that's who we lost to my junior year in the playoffs. They big upset against us. Yeah, we oh, were the really? two seed, I believe, in Ohio Division One, and they were the 15th seed. They just came in and bullied us. I think. Who is? I'm trying to. Well, can't Glen Oak now. But. I'm trying to figure out who Notre Dame's Shamrock series is against the, this upcoming season. I think it's it's either this year or 2024. I may be jumping the gun. It may be 2024. But I know that we have BYU in the Death Star. That's next year. Oh, well, sweet. Yeah, it is against BYU. This this upcoming year, it's against BYU. All right then, let's rock and roll on that. Let's go. The uh, oh, video still playing. Twenty ten Ohio State. What a game! Who the hell is that quarterback from Michigan? Uh, it's number five, but it's not Tate Forcier. Oh, it has to be Tate Forcier. There's no other way. No, because he only played one year, and his year was against Ohio in 2009 because that was the year Ohio State wore those white helmets. I remember that because he was a true freshman. I'll get you an answer. He may have been there an extra year, but I don't think that's I don't think that's him. I got you. Wait a minute. He only played. No, yeah, it was him. Oh nine and ten. Wait, he didn't. Did he no. transfer to Utah? Why aren't his stats for the? He transferred somewhere. I swear, I remember him playing for Utah. I don't know why his stats from Utah aren't here. I thought it's San Diego State. He transferred. To. Uh, I, I don't know why that school came just popped into my head, but transfer. All right. What in the world? Say. It may have been San Jose State. Oh, no. he, he initially was going to transfer to Miami, and then he took that back. No, it was San Diego, I think. Oh, San Jose State? Oh, okay. So I was right. Well, I mean, you were close. but Well, no, I said San Diego State at first, and then under my breath I said, what, was it San Jose? Oh, I, I don't know why, I don't know why it came to my head, but then, I'm, then I, I thought – if I had to give Gunda a head guess, I would have said San Diego because that was the first thing that came to my head. But I don't know why San Jose State popped in my head. Well, now I know, but did he ever play there? Um, I don't know because it's. I think um, I'm reading his wiki right now. No, he withdrew from San Jose State before on uh, January 9th of 2012. So he was there for a year, but I guess he sat out a year. So then, yeah, because that would have been transfer rules being stupid. So then, he, yeah, so then he withdrew, and then I guess just didn't exist. Wow. Speaking of players who transferred and were never heard from again, Keyshawn Johnson's kid went to. I don't know why his name just popped in my head, but he was at Nebraska, committed to Nebraska, got arrested for weed or something. I don't know. Something stupid. 
Um, his dad, Keyshawn Johnson, pulled him out of Nebraska, actually. And then he transferred to Arizona, and that's the last we ever heard of him. I didn't even know that he was at Nebraska to begin with. I guess just there's something about these uh, these sons of, of personalities who were once upon a time on Sunday NFL countdown just – getting in trouble and failing as receivers at, at the Division One level. Right. Now, this says... Do you, do you even know who I Louisiana Monroe. No, I didn't. I was reading an article. Sorry, what did you say? I said there must be something to these old uh, Sunday, night, or, uh, Sunday NFL countdown hosts and their sons getting in trouble and failing as receivers at the Division One level. Deron Carter. Uh, yikes. Um, <laughs> yeah, this there's one article that was written on oh September 11th of 2020, and it said Keyshawn Johnson, three facts of the University of Louisiana Monroe linebacker. 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 What? Hold on. Keyshawn Johnson after redshirting his 2018. Okay, so this is a different guy. Okay, no, that is not Keyshawn Johnson, the NFL player's son. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, this dude just kind of disappeared into thin air because he was like a five-star recruit. Yeah, I I didn't even know that. Well, first of all, if you're a five-star, why are you going to Nebraska? Um. Second of all, Arizona yeah. just got a five-star receiver because the coldest. Uh, well, Nebraska just got him, but uh, Arizona just got a guy who decommitted from Oregon. Oh, Arizona! Oh, yeah, that's right. Because uh, another one of the Cristobal castoffs, but oh, I, I, he's, I the- he's like the number eleven player of the country, committed to Oregon, and then decommits and then signs with Arizona. <laughs> um. You know what? This is the biggest like punch in the balls ever. When you bet the first half under and it pushes, I don't, I don't care for this. Well, that's very anti because you spent you spent all that time investing in it. You at least want some sort of return. But right. I mean, it's it's Washington and Philly. It was the uh, total was twenty. You just feel like there was no purpose behind that, right? Except I got ammo for tomorrow. Well, hey, didn't lose anything. You just push it on to the next yeah, day. I do have a DK Metcalf anytime touchdown, and the way this Rams-Seahawks uh, game is going, it's looking uh, points are going to be at a premium in this game. <laughs> That's right. Keyshawn, where is Keyshawn Johnson? I, 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 why am I curious? I'm so curious. Zian, Instagram? Is it in the bio? Oh, he is on Instagram. Let's see. Public figure. Okay, so he's not doing anything. Yeah, exactly. He's on TikTok. He has his last picture. Oh, that was 91 weeks ago. He was wearing an Arizona baseball jersey. When was his last picture? The last picture was March 16th. Ah, that was when Keyshawn Johnson's daughter or son or sister died. Um, oh. Yeah, so he was at Arizona. Because there's a picture of him in an Arizona baseball jersey and a picture of Keyshawn Johnson, the dad, uh, wearing an Arizona uh, pullover. 
So he was there. I just don't think he played football. I remember Trey Griffey used to play for Arizona. Trey Griffey? Did I, I thought he played for Notre Dame. Um, no. Did he? Did he transfer out of Notre Dame? I don't know. I, um, a son well, of a former. Oh, no, no, no. That's Torrey Hunter Jr. Torrey Hunter. That's right. We, uh, dude, we had a, a couple seasons there where we had like a, a who's who of celebrity sons. We had Bon Jovi's son. Right. We had Torrey Hunter Jr. Oh. And we had David Robinson's son, the Admiral. All on the same huh. thing. Now, I think Bon Jovi's. Oh, and, um, Bon Jovi's infinitely cooler. The coolest of the bunch. Yeah, and we had Austin Collinsworth, who now has, who's now his brother Jack, along with his dad Chris, are like headlining NBC. So we perfect family. We we had like a decent amount of like notable people on our team. Now uh, Jesse, I, I think Jesse Bon Jovi was a walk on, yeah. so it's like he didn't do a whole lot, but. Uh, and I think Austin Collinsworth was mostly a special teamer who never really panned out as a safety. But Torrey Hunter Jr. and Corey Robinson, they were both like impactful receivers for us. I wonder how many teachers of John Bon Jovi's kid growing up were like ecstatic. <laughs> oh, because that would have been like the age range of like where Bon Jovi was the cream of the crop. That is... Oh, you know it's all of them. You know it. It'd be like the same as like there's a zero percent chance LeBron James goes to parent teacher conferences, but oh, you can. His son doesn't go to school. He goes the plays no, basketball. Re- no, come hey, hey, hey. the child you're talking about. Uh, hey, he's he's a he's an amateur. I'm already starting to see reports that they're they're thinking that um the the second son what's his name Bryce. Bryce is going to be better than LeBron James. Like LeBron James Jr. is not going to be the one. It's going to be Bryce, which always seems to be the thing that always Bryce? seems like the younger, the younger sibling is the better player. Because I remember when Nick Bosa, for uh, Joey Bosa, first came onto the scene at Ohio. State. Oh, Joey was better. I'm the only one apparently who thinks no, no, this. No, Joey was better than Nick. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But um, they're very close. But um. Joey, when he came onto the scene, the first, the second he became like a popular name in Columbus, the talk around the town was like, "Oh yeah, his brother Nick, infinitely better." That from that moment I well, on, I agree with that. Everybody was talking about him way earlier on. Yeah, every it was just always the thing. Like, oh yeah, Joey Bose is awesome, but his younger brother, who's coming to Ohio State, a lot better. That was always exciting, and then he was. He was just really good. The Zellers, the Zeller brothers, they all got significantly better as they went along. Notre Dame had the worst of them. Luke Zeller, who was six foot eleven and would not walk inside the three point line. Tyler Zeller was pretty good in North Carolina, and then Cody Zeller was awesome at Indiana. Um, all right, right, let's let's play a game. It, is Cody Ooh. Zeller still in the NBA? And if so, what team does he play for? Cody Zeller. I'm going to say yes, because I heard the name Zeller on SportsCenter the other day. Oh, my gosh. This guy has, like, no hair left, and he's only 29 years old. He is a Portland Trailblazer. He definitely he's, – he's not with the Hornets still, is he? Nope, he's on the Trailblazers. Okay. Oh, wait, this is his first year in Portland. Huh. So, yeah. He was with the Hornets. Yeah, he, he was. 
I, all this talk about famous um, um, athletes who are children of other athletes has me looking at a list right now of ranking the best athlete children from Peyton Manning. Okay, so number one, Peyton Manning. Number two, Barry Bonds. Uh, we can go ahead and, you know, flip that. Um, <laughs> we can go ahead and put Barry Bonds at one. Come on. Wait, now this is interesting. This, this is a great. Sorry. I like this topic. No, by hold, the way. No, hold on a minute. So after every every after every name, they give a little blurb. And Barry Bonds. Oh, okay. I got a little scared. It's it was talking about his dad, Bobby Bonds. Hit three because it said Bobby Bonds hit three hundred thirty two career home runs and drove in a thousand RBIs or a thousand runs as a three time All Star and three time Gold Glove winner. I'm like, that's not Barry Bonds' stats. And I thought for a second there, they just erased all the stats from his San Francisco years because that would have been all-time hilarious. But fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Is that. Um, right. Number three, Laila La- La- Ali. La- it- you mean like Layla? La- I couldn't I- – I didn't know if it was like fancy like that. You've never heard of Layla Ali? No. The granddaughter? Oh, she's, she's a – yeah, he's a grandson uh, now too. That's uh, uh, working his way up. I don't remember. Oh his yeah, name. I actually just saw that he was on ESPN fighting recently. I mean, I didn't watch anything past the first round of the fight because I I saw it, lost there was a tweet. Sports Center tweeted a picture because it was the grandson of Ali. He was because I believe they were fighting at MGM, and they he was just going through a tour of the, uh, the facility. And they have the old scale that Muhammad Ali used to weigh in at, at the exact one in there. And it was a picture of the grandson seeing it. And he was just like so enamored with it. He's like, wow, this is sweet. And I just, I always found it funny because I was like, oh, this is, this is a cool, this is a cool tweet, cool moment to see. I'm like, wonder what the comments got to say. And it was all negative. I couldn't believe it. Not a single positive thing. Not a single like, oh, this is cool. It was all like, you're being, the one dude's like, it's a fucking scale, dude. Who cares? It's like, God damn it, this was a cool moment. Yeah. Who uh continue with the list about the uh, the favorite the what favorite, yeah. not favorite, yeah, the, uh, uh, former players. Yeah. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Um Steph Curry. Hmm. Brett Hall. Um Ken Griffey Jr. That's oh, we, pfft, move him up the list, please. Yeah, seriously. I, I know uh, Hull was a good hockey player, but... Ken Griffey Jr. was virtually a unanimous Hall of Fame selection. I say virtually because... Okay, this is the worst list of all time. Oh, uh, Is this ranked in order? Yeah, apparently they stopped at eight. I don't know why, but eight. Um... I okay. could give you a gazillion guesses, and there's not a chance you would guess this athlete. Is it someone who actually played professional? No, professional. Yes, I'll give you a hint because basketball. Well, I'll give you one more hint: college national champion, or he would have been a two-time college national champion. A two-time. Okay, so this isn't a maybe. One- hold on, let me double check that. Well, my first guess was going to be Clay Thompson just because his dad played for the Lakers. Um, no. 
Yeah, he won. Yeah, he won two national championships in college. The, uh, well, this is a weird case of n- in the two thousand. Being... Okay, I have no idea if his dad played in the NBA, but my first thought was Tyler Hansbrough. <laughs> No. Okay. Uh, so, I don't even what school. I'll give you one more. I don't even know what schools what Florida. Wait a minute. His dad did not play in the. Oh, this. No, oh, it's Joe Kim Noah. Joe Kim Noah. Yeah. I did his dad. I thought his dad. His dad was played... a tennis player, actually. Oh. He won the French Open in '83. You're lying. Yannick Noah. Yeah. Or Yannick. Yannick. I didn't know that. He won the French Open. That's Yeah, in 83. Look up. I know this dude kicks ass. Hey, you think Cleveland's cool? I've never heard anyone say that they want to go vacation in Cleveland. All right, that's enough of that. Oh, this dude. Oh, yeah, this, dude <laughs> this dude was absolutely a, a great time. Oh, my goodness. This dude, was a, uh, this dude partied. This guy is cool. Joe Kim Noah holds citizenship with the United States, France, and Sweden. Yeah, his dad's French. This oh, yeah, is... this dude was sick. Wait, who just scored that touchdown for Seattle? Oh, not DK Metcalf. Don't care. 6'4", his dad was. How did Joe Kim Noah get to be like 6'10"? His mom just like 8 foot? His mom was an athlete, Was it his mom too. an athlete? Yeah. She, um... She was in the she was in the Miss Universe pageant. She was five nine. How does a six four dude and a five nine girl produce a six foot eleven center who wore the very book man made back. a couple trips to the Noah yeah. household while Yannick was winning the French Open. Once upon a time, Joe Kim Noah was a top five NBA MVP candidate, and that is a fact. Yeah, I remember that. That was sick. He finished top five. That was real so sick. you know what I you know what I'm saying is that D Rose had a lot of help. Oh come on, <laughs> he's a Hall of Famer, the youngest <laughs> MVP ever. He will not be a Hall of Famer. You watch, he will be. What's he doing this year? Is he actually worth a damn? I don't watch much of. The I don't know. If he scores, if he scores 25 points off the bench, everyone calls it the 12, three, and four. 12-3-4 and four on 45% shooting. That's not that's, fi- that's serviceable. That's... He's not a starter, so coming off the bench, you can get that off the bench. I would sign. Because I know Derrick Rose, because Derrick Rose, ever since he left Cleveland, has been like consistently fairly good. So if I can get that off the bench, I would love that, especially like a team like New York. That would be awesome. I... All right, here's what I need. I need to make sure that Joe Kim Noah's dad actually won the French Open in the singles bracket and not the doubles bracket because no one cares about the doubles. All right, hey, look at this. He won the singles. That's actually legit. No one cares about doubles tennis. <laughs> they only care. We only care about the singles. It seems like such an odd sport. Doubles? Yeah, it, I I hate it because the whole reason that I became interested in tennis is because I grew up playing team sports and I was fascinated by the fact that it was a solo sport 
and then when there's nothing else on TV, they right. put on doubles tennis, and I'm just everyone just rushes to the net and just stands there, and it's like it's like it's like watching pickleball. Everyone just runs to the net and just hits the ball back and forth without the ball ever hitting the ground. And I'm like, this is not this is not tennis. You just gotta have like incredible chemistry. Yeah, it's but, if Shaq and Kobe were tennis players, they wouldn't win a not one love. On that, <laughs> they uh, they have a lot of. Well, this is something interesting. Tennis players are tall. Like there are a lot of. Yeah, they really are. Of six six and above, there. I feel are, like Roger Federer is a fucking monster. Uh, not him. Uh, he's uh, he's above six. He's six one, and he's on like the the tall smaller That's size. I am. They got. Sort they of. got a lot of. Oh, did you give yourself tall an extra inch? What's that? I said, did you give yourself an extra inch because you're like that's how tall I am, sort of. Well, no, because I think I'm six two, but I just don't have anything to measure myself with. <laughs> Last time you went to the doctors, what were you? I'm sure you haven't grown since. No, I. I mean, shit. I I had my biggest, almost my biggest growth spurt during my freshman year of college, so. Really? Yeah, because I, I I left high school at like five eleven. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I was real Whoa. short. What? That's like two inches. You're like the biggest growth spurt of my life. But the, a bigger than you would expect. Because when you enter college, you think you think uh, you're just kind of done growing. Yeah, I was probably well, I, five ten, five eleven, somewhere in between leaving high school, and. I gotta be just a hair under six two right now. How how much money do you think Roger Federer has made in his career off of tennis alone? Tennis is one of those sports where like you just get paid a bazillion dollars. So I'm gonna say like two hundred million dollars. Uh, one thirty. So he's stupid. Yeah. So he's he's actually really poor. Uh, is what is what I've just learned from this. I, I mean, he he might be. He might have a styrofoam cup with a couple quarters rattling around in it right now because he is not a 200 millionaire. Um, oh, at one point, we got to keep track of this. At what point is Eli Manning going to lose his title as the richest quarterback? I don't know. Is but he when he retired, happy? he did. He was at 252 career earnings. Let's see. Highest career earnings for a. Surprised, like I know Brady takes small contracts, but he has to pass them up by now. Okay, I'm looking at sports oh, track. Uh, we got yeah, Tom Brady's number one. Yeah, uh, Eli Manning's been passed over five times. Uh, Tom Brady's number one, <laughs> two ninety one. Drew Brees number two, two sixty nine. Ben Roethlisberger three, two sixty seven. Matt Ryan four, two sixty seven. And then Aaron Rodgers two sixty three. Eli Manning two fifty two. Matthew Stafford's crawling his way up there. He's almost got where all time. Already past Bill Rivers, Russell Russell Wilson. No, he's too far away. So Flacco, good lord. Um, Ryan Tannehill, fifteenth. Ryan Tannehill's the fifteenth highest earning player in NFL history. Yeah, they... more than Brett Favre. Cam right, Newton's me... up there. Sam Bradford, of course, is up there. After only nine seasons. 
Jimmy Garoppolo's Tom. coming up. Carr. Andrew Luck's 25th. Okay, this may have been a dumb question. I don't see many Browns quarterbacks. <laughs> I, oh, I, I spoke too soon. Jake DeLone, 39th. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor, 41st. Where are the salaries on pro football reference? Vinny Testaverde. Well, he played for everyone. Vinny Testaverde he... played 21 seasons and made $51 million. That is, he, he works for cheap. Blake Bortles played eight seasons and he's made forty-seven million. That's possible. he's more. Steve Young played fifteen seasons and got forty-nine. Uh, Tom Brady earnings by uh, see Brock Osweiler number sixty. Hey, that's a Browns right there. Oh, we got a murderer's row of quarterbacks coming up from the sixties. We got Brock Osweiler forty-one. David Carr, 40, 40 million exactly. Um, Jamarcus Russell, four years, 39 million. Chase Daniel, 13 years, 38 million. Jacoby Brissett, six years, 38 million. 65, we got Josh Allen, four years, 38. 66, Warren Moon, 17 years, 37 million. 67, Jeff Garcia, Cleveland Brown, how you doing? Um, 10 years, 36 million. Chad <laughs> Henney. Rich Gannon, Vince Young, Vince Young, 70. Good Lord. Baker Mayfield, 76. How about it? Shout out, Mr. Bisky. Uh, whose phone number is that? They just popped up. Um, Kevin Cole, holy are, are, are you just uh, – it's Kevin Cobb. How do you? Oh. Uh, do you remember uh, – wait, are you on just quarterbacks? Sport track. Or just for the quarterback position, though. Yeah. All right, I I have the top one hundred all time. Okay. All time. Here we oh, here are me... some. We got Randy Moss at eighty fifth, oh. and let me read you some of the names directly above him. Uh, Jonathan Joseph, mm. who might still be playing. Uh, former Pittsburgh Steeler Melvin Ingram. Huh. Lane Johnson and Joe Staley. So we got a couple Ooh. offensive linemen. A couple defensive linemen. Marcel Darius. Um mm. who I have no idea how how idea he how he made that much money because I thought he was a bust, honestly. Um Demarcus Lawrence. We have Stefan Gilmore. Mm-hmm. I- I'm shocked that this guy is this low because he played 18 years. Uh Matt Hasselbeck. Oh my! And uh, I'll scroll for some more interesting ones. Matt Schaub at sixty-seven. Ooh, baby! Uh, anyone like really shocking here? Fletcher Cox is at fifty-two. That's a little bit. I guess the only who's the first who's the highest-paid non-quarterback. Uh, I will get you that answer right here right now. Let me take a well. Go find it first, then I want to guess. Already got it. He's sitting at number twelve. Number twelve. Think longevity. Longevity. That's. I'm trying to think if there's anybody who played either this year or last year. That's still like. It, I was about to say Joe Flacco, but he's a quarterback. Um. I, give me three. I'm going to take three guesses. Okay. My first one. 
Is it Indomitian Sue? No. Hmm. Although he, made, know, wow, he, he is 16. I was going to say, because I know he made, he, he signed a bunch of like large guaranteed contracts. Yes, he did. Um, let's see. Could it be Julio Jones? No, but you're kind of getting warmer. Okay, last guess. Okay, uh, offense or defense? Offense. Offense. So, so I'm kind of getting warmer with Julio. I can't tell if that means like offensive side of the ball or wide receiver because I have a guess for wide receiver. Go for it. I have it. a guess for wide res- two wide receivers. Well, I gotta gotta pick one. Um. All right, who are the two that you would have guessed, and you got to tell me your final guess. AJ Green and Larry Fitzgerald, but because the the reason I'm hesitant on Larry Fitzgerald is because I know AJ Green's got to be up there because he's still earning, and he put his prime was in a time where the the salary cap inflated. So, but yeah, but I don't know if that's enough to offset like eight extra years. So, uh, I, well, I, let me tell you this: between those two. One of those two is behind Joe Hayden in career earnings. Oh, my God. Made a nice play. Nice play on Sunday. (laughs) Yes, he did. Yes, um, he did. Yeah, my official guess is Larry Fitzgerald. You have it correct. Yeah. Is it? it, Here here are the uh, non-quarterbacks. I wonder how high Calvin Johnson is. Um, he's at 38 because I just so happened to just scroll right at button. Um, it might be high because I mentioned Dom Kasu. Jerry McCoy came out around that time, and I know he signed like 10 deals. Yeah, so he's, he actually, get... he's at 30. He was one spot above Joe Hayden. Huh. AJ Green is at 36. Here are the non quarterbacks in the top 20. Okay. At number 12, we have Larry Fitzgerald. 15, we have Julius Peppers. Mm. Uh, 16 and Dominican Sue. Right. 18, 19, 20. Von Miller, Julio Jones, and Trent Williams. Trent Williams. Where's Joe Thomas? Is Joe Thomas? Do you see Joe Thomas? Uh, he's at 28. He is one spot beneath Darrell Revis and one spot above Jade Cutler. What was Joe Thomas's highest contract? I got a contract this is like maddening now that i know that this exists because this is all that i'm gonna look at joe thomas has signed oh my gosh this entry what you can set it based off different years i'm gonna see if this takes into account oh my gosh you can project into the future oh let's go Okay, I just went to 2025. Matt Ryan is going to be the most, the richest quarterback in NFL history. Your damn right he is. What's oh MVP, my. I'll remind you. Where is Patrick Mahomes? Uh, Patrick Mahomes oh. is going to be 12th. My ass. Oh, if you think for a second Deshaun Watson is going to be top 20 all time in career earnings through 2025. I'm looking at this now. I'm I'm going through 2029. I want to get crazy with it. 
All right, they I'll go Patrick Mahomes. You. Far and away. <laughs> Projecting three, $388 million. Matt Ryan would still be two. Josh Allen? Is going to be five. Yeah. Oh, my Kirk goodness. Cousins, good Lord. Trent Jared Williams Goff. is going to be 11. Let's go, man. Good for him. Look at Miles Garrett, 27th. I TJ Watt and Cameron Hayward. You better believe it. TJ Watt. Is... Marshawn Lattimore is going to be above Joe Thomas. Sure is. All right, there's got to be someone who. All right, there's got to be some stupid. Um. Hmm. Rob sucks. Not bad. Darius Leonard only making 107 million is confused to me. I don't, I don't get that. Uh, they just decided to omit a lot of names because if you scroll down, number 100 is Roy Williams at 54 sure. million. Sure. That um, I Detroit. feel like to Brickashaw. Yeah, like they they skipped. They just left out a bunch of names. I swear. Randy Moss at 94 has been raging. Randy Moss is probably worth, uh, off the top of my head, $8 billion. <laughs> I, I, I've never seen a wide receiver like Randy Moss. Maybe oh. two. Now that I'm lying. Calvin Johnson and um, Terrell Owens. But. Bud Dupree, 64th. The, I'm telling you, you're look, th- those rankings cannot be correct. No. Good Matt. Lord. Joey Bosa, 23rd. In two years, this is... Tom Reddy Slick might still be playing at this point, if we're being honest. Yeah, that's the problem, because he's going to have a new contract. So he's going to mess up all these numbers and jack himself up. God damn it. He's going to play till he's 50 just to piss everyone off. You know, I find myself, it, I find it to be an absolute delight to root for Tom Brady now. I don't know why. Um, I'll tell you this. When he went to Tampa Bay. He's got he, cooler. Yeah, he, he got a Twitter account. He started, like, joking around. He became less serious. Oh, he's top tier on Twitter. Yeah, he's uh, he, he likes to have fun. He likes to make jokes. And uh, he's just kind of stopped taking himself so seriously off the field. Um, yeah. And Still it's, won't it's made him but... way – well, yeah. It's made him way more likable. And so he, he's, one of the pe- he's one of the few people who's actually become more likable on social media. Fair point. Eli Manning, I thought was going to be that, um, and, and his he, he's got some nice tweets, but he. Uh, I don't the intern running his account had some pretty nice tweets. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, have you been watching the Manning cast this year? Every single week. I don't think I will for the Pittsburgh, Cleveland one. Depending depending on situation, will depend on, but it is. 
the quality has gone down, I will say. The novelty of them not knowing how to do TV is kind of worn off. Yeah, but, because Eli Manning isn't flipping off the camera anymore. No, you know, that was cool when Eli Manning was just like during commercial break, they showed him like his basement is just a driving range and his TV is just a projector on a screen and he just drives golf balls into it. Or when Payne Manning was eating or when that the thought what's the Arch Manning came in and yelled at Peyton for being mean to Eli. Yeah. Or when Eli flipped off the the entire viewing audience. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, then, that was the novelty of the, talking about Peyton Manning's big ass forehead. Yeah, exactly. They're just so, Peyton Manning is such a delight to listen to talk about football. I love how much she hates bad football. Oh, it's he is disgusted every time <laughs> yeah. thrown. He can't believe it. You think for a second that Peyton Manning's about to go be the GM of the Browns. Do you remember that when he retired and I sure every did. single rumor was is Peyton Manning gonna go fix the Cleveland Browns organization? Like what Peyton Manning was is Peyton Manning the GM and Chip Kelly the head coach. Yeah, everybody thought that, like, oh, Peyton Manning's retired. He must be going to the Browns organization. That's why he's retired. It's because After he Mike just... Holgram was our GM. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Eric Mangini was our coach. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. <Eric Mangini. laughs> what about Mike Patton? Mike Patton. We were 7-4. and four. <laughs> and then they put in Johnny Menzel, and we went seven and nine. <laughs> seven. Um, Let me set the scene for you. Brian Hoyer, Cleveland kid, North Olmsted, <laughs> Ohio, which is like 10 minutes from where I'm sitting right now, is the starting quarterback of the Browns, Mike Penn's first year. We start the season seven and four somehow. I don't know how. We just did. Uh, Josh Allen kind of – or not Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Gordon kind of went off. That was kind of his – First official coming out party. Um, we beat the Bills on Thursday night to take first place in the division to go seven and four. And then I can't remember who we traveled to, but we were getting demolished in that game. And Johnny Menzel comes in for the final drive and he leads us on an 80 yard touchdown drive in like two minutes. And he ran it in from like 15 yards out to score. So it was like, oh, shit, now we got to play this guy. We play him. We don't win again that season. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then all of a sudden he's going to Las Vegas in a wig. Yeah, Billy Football. <laughs> oh, is that is that how, is that where the name comes from? Billy, Billy Football, he's like a barstool persona or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, it's just because I think I think his name was by Billy. By Billy in Vegas. I think that's why Billy football <laughs> came from. That oh my gosh. That good lord. Hey, my favorite my favorite soap opera is the Browns. The amount of embarrassing moments they've had in my lifetime, and I was just a little bit ago talking about how last night was the most deflating thing in my life. Made an open casket funeral for a dog, man. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm an animal lover, so I don't hate that. Um, well, I kind of hate how it was open casket, but other than it that, it wasn't which, great. What, I mean, that calls into question the entire tradition of open casket funerals and why those are even a thing. 
Um, I understand the idea of everybody getting together to mourn the loss of somebody. I don't understand having their dead corpse lying there in on center stage in the middle of the room. Um, that's something that I would have no problem yeah, with that uh, just ceased to exist. I think I've been to three funerals in my life. I was just recently at one, and it was like, hmm. Yeah, it was It was weird. It, it's, it's just a weird thing. Yeah, I, I'm not a giant the, the fan. Fact of there's that. so much like makeup on them too. Oh yeah. Oh, and it's like someone had to like dress them. That is weird. I, yeah, but it's a very like business that's never going to go out of business. Uh, yeah, because people are never going to get. Are people are never just going to say I don't care about this dead person? There's always going to be someone who cares. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, um, so what are your um? And you don't have to just like list them all. And this may, this may be a, a tease for a, a topic on next week's show. But uh, most embarrassing moments in your sports team's history, huh? Like where you were just like ashamed to walk the halls of school the next day because your team just embarrassed you uh, on the on a national level. It's such a weird thing to say embarrassed because I have nothing to do with the game and like. But you know they what don't I mean, give a, though, right? Yeah, I know what you mean, but it's like in the grand scheme of things, they don't care about us. So why should I feel embarrassed about like the result of the game? Right. I guess if we're just taking into account like my whole, I know what you're saying though, but I guess if we're taking into account my whole life and how I reacted to the losses in my real life, Ohio State, Florida for the championship game, the football one, not the basketball one. In the same year. Because um, I was like eight. Um, when the Browns went 0 16. I guess when the Guardians blew a 3 1 lead, but. But I, I don't know if it was an embarrassment or more. It's just like I don't want to be alive anymore. <laughs> okay. I'm not gonna lie. I I just got a FaceTime call, so I did. The, my phone was ringing the entire <laughs> time, so I t- uh, totally uh. missed yours. But I will add, there were only I think two for me that I can think of, um, because none of my friends care about the Pittsburgh Pirates, so I only have two. Um, the entire Manti Teo situation. Oh yeah, that was. One and also piggybacking off of that, losing forty-two to fourteen in the championship. Oh, baby, I know that. that Trust me, I know that exactly. Yeah, you know what it feels like to lose by twenty-eight to Alabama. Um, has that happened in recent history? No, because we lost. We lost forty-two to fourteen against Florida in the championship game. Oh yeah. Well, uh, well actually, yours was slightly better because that one was forty-one to fourteen. So you got oh, yeah, a little yeah, bit of. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> so yeah, um, man, I, I'm not trying to, not trying to embarrass you or anything like this, or, or uh, call you out, but not, not trying to, Uh-oh. you know, fl- not trying to flex. But Steelers haven't really embarrassed me a whole lot in my lifetime, so that I can kind of look past them. The Pirates, um. They, like I said, my friends don't care about them, so I've never just, like, walked into school and been like, oh, man, the Pirates, like, everyone's talking about the Pirates. 
That's never been the case. Um, no, no one's ever talked about the Pirates. N- no. Not even when they uh, won. I guess when I was a kid, the the Brady Quinn Troy Smith Fiesta Bowl. Oh yeah. That one. That was. And let me just foreshadow next year's Ohio State Notre Dame game. Yeah, that's right. Um, that I'm already. Oh my goodness! I mean, we we better keep it close. I man, I I, I was I was just okay. before before goddamn Keaton Slovis transferred to Pitt today. We're talk about him going to Notre Dame. Honestly, Notre Dame losing to Cincinnati might be up there. That was uh, that one was easier to swallow because Cincinnati like, the playoffs. All, all everything bad that happened happened in the first half. So it was yeah. kind of like I like I spent all of halftime mentally preparing myself of like well our, well we are in a giant hole now. It's not like we blew a giant lead. So, but. Uh, and we had a little bit of a comeback that was not a, not nearly enough, uh-uh. but um, that may have been up there. Honestly, it's all Notre Dame related. No, they do be embarrassing. St- yeah, because uh, I'm I'm the only one who knows anything about the Pirates and yeah. the Steelers. Uh, oh, with the, I'm losing to the Browns the, the way we did. Hell, it's, Actually, I, I would, honest, they do I, would be, I would be proud to lose to a historic franchise like Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, Eight oh, NFL yeah. championships, yeah. may I remind you? Yeah, yeah, Jim, Jim Brown, Brown, yeah, the, the the hero of Cleveland, the Medal of Honor that he is. Oh, yeah. The no, that is a man with character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's he's something. I, I like how you're the only one who apparently knows about this because no, because whenever like ESPN puts Jim Brown on TV, they're always like, yeah, the, God, it's crazy. the Godfather of football, Jim Brown. But every, every like all Cleveland sports talk radio, it's like, yeah, Jim Brown. Y'all saw Jim Brown there looking good for 120 years old. And it's just, it's like, no, this is <laughs> yeah. <junk." laughs> And uh, they had him in like their top 10 of like best college football players of all time last year, which was a horrendous list. Um, or I guess it was two years ago. But, and and then like Shannon Sharp's going on Undisputed talking about how uh, you call him Mr. B until he says that you can call him anything else. That's just the, re- that's just the respect that everybody has for Jim Brown. And I, and no. I, so I, I come, I come on this podcast thinking that Jim Brown is some superhero and it you're sucks. like, uh, no, it's like there's actually something to this guy that no one ever talked about. Jim Brown, look up. Let's see what the first thing. Let's see how long it takes for me to get to like. We need to cancel Jim Brown. It's gonna <laughs> take me three days scanning through Google. Uh, yeah, exactly. This. No way. Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Why Jim Hall of Famer Jim Brown has no equal when it comes. When it comes to respect from his peers, yeah, uh, yeah, there, there it is, Mr. B. Page. This year. Oh no, this year. I guess he. I guess he outlived his cancel his moment of cancel culture. He's That's he's right. back. He's back. 
just canceled <laughs> all the way up in the Browns press boxes with the statue out front. Oh, man. Jim Brown. Good lacrosse player. Yeah, absolutely. I think I only Walter- know that because of that one movie about the other Syracuse running back who died. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, oh, was, he was Syracuse's second Heisman winning running back. He was a the whole story is about him being a black athlete in like the fifties or forties or whatever. And he was so good at Syracuse. He ended up getting drafted by the Browns. He was gonna be the running back and Jim Brown was gonna be the fullback. And like a month after he drafted he got leukemia and died. Oh yeah, no. There's a whole awful. there's a whole movie about it. I can't remember his name. Huh. That is that's sad. Um the the Walter this is I have no idea if this is me just misremembering something or making up history. Did Walter Payton play like track and lacrosse or track and field or it was something? Gail Sanders, I believe. I think I don't know why I don't know why I think that. But I just remember him being like a lot better than like you'd think he was. He just recently died. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Nicknamed the Kansas Comet. That is an unbelievable nickname. <laughs> oh, that is that a is unbelievable. fantastic nickname. Good lord. The, from which took he was yeah, he the, Oh no, his brother was an older decorated track and field. I just typed in the Kansas, and the number one hit was the, the Kansas, Kansas Comet. Sure was. Must have been Walter Payne, then. Oh, my goodness. Sweetness. Walter Payton's son, irrelevant on the U. Oh. Yeah, he, he tried to go join that squad that had Willis McGahee and Frank Gore and all of them, and uh, he uh, – he was got buried uh, in a depth chart of Hall of Famers. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was either third or fourth fiddle. Huh. What did he die of? What did Walter Payton die of? AIDS. No way, I really? Is I thought it was something like I thought it was something like I didn't think it was cancer. I thought it was AIDS. Uh, he had a rare liver disease known as primary sclerosing. Why did I think col- cholangitis? Uh, Who's an athlete who died of AIDS? Oh man, I can't think of any. Obviously, At least not John Badger Johnson's not dead. I thought, why? Did yeah, that's weird. Well, he's, he's, he didn't even have AIDS. He's technically HIV positive. Yeah. But that's weird. Which is like the gateway drug to AIDS. Well, no, I believe that what that does is it kills your – because everyone has AIDS, the AIDS virus inside of them, I believe. And HIV weakens your immune system because your body is naturally immune to AIDS. And HIV weakens your immune system and allows the AIDS to, like, set in. Yeah, and then it's like – the wind can kill you, basically. Athletes who died—I swear, somebody famous, some famous athlete died of AIDS. Um, I'm sure someone did, but it, it 
probably wasn't recently. Where do we stand with AIDS in society? I'm not sure. Are we signed? Have we like fixed it yet? There is no cure. Oh, that's that's bad. Yeah, there's no cure. Huh. Well, this was definitely more of a pro. Well, at least I like how this Ohio State game seemingly. I had it on a YouTube and a different link, and I went back over to that browser, and it just. That is that's so wild. I don't know why I don't know why that seems so wild to me that I thought Walter Payne died of AIDS, but it does. Yeah, I, I was so I, certain on that. Well, I don't because I don't even know if there was anyone who did you find anything? No. Well, it said Roberto Alomar has HIV, but it really I didn't even know that or something. I don't know, but he's still alive, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robbie Alomar. Robbie Alomar. His okay. So uh, ESPN in 2012 said. Roberto Alomar divorce. Wife says, wife says he was HIV positive and didn't tell her. No, oh, it's no, not great at all. Good. No, um, that's probably good information to pass along to people who you might be engaging closely. With. No, no, I agree. Just so everyone's on the same page yeah. and everyone knows what's up. Yeah. Okay, we were just talking AIDS. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that's one of my favorite old like high school joke is when like someone's upset about something, so their complaint is that gives me AIDS. That that was a real popular one. <laughs> yeah, that one that one was really big back in high school. That, that uh, went around our friend group a lot. <laughs> yeah, it did, and uh, it was it was funny pretty much every time it was said too. Yeah, it was, but <laughs> not not uh, medically accurate. No, definitely not. It sure was funny. Oh my goodness! All right, uh... holy Christ! <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we're gonna roll out of here. Um, ne- what's happening next week? We got we're one we're one day we're one week closer to figuring out who's going to win the AFC North. I mean, my goodness, this division this division hates itself. Yes, um, we have that. So we the playoff races at the NFL are awesome. So we're really gonna, oh, yeah. we're, we may have, we may have pulled around the past couple of weeks, but we're actually going to talk NFL football you know at some point. The goddamn Falcons. Yeah, I know that's unbelievable. They're like the tenth seed. I know they lost last year. Yeah, but they're not, they're not that far behind. Everyone sucks this year. It's unbelievable. I I know. And but you know what? We really need the XFL because mm-hmm. I, we we just don't have enough good football out there. We we really need more football because <laughs> this is just uh, there's so much talent in the NFL. Like we need to distribute it down to the XFL. Yeah. Um, we're gonna be talking a lot of NFL coming up, and the playoff races are absolutely ridiculous. 
Well, maybe by then we'll be able to figure out what happened to the information on Jim Brown because apparently it's just it might take us an entire week to find because mm. it is just that buried into the internet. Um, uh, ne- next week I do want an Cooper update on, on the yes he is he just um, scored a touchdown but. Next week, I want an update on the gambling algorithm for college basketball. Um, I have tremendous we'll hear, news about it. Oh, I, well, we're going to hear some tremendous news next well, week. Well, it passed, um, but I just need to tell we – reached, we reached a milestone record. Uh, this, is a, this is a huge tease. Maybe he'll, he'll even uh, pass well, out no, some they, picks the next week. Come, but I'll just tell you what it is right now. But Go for it. We, uh, at one point, we were 69 and 69. <laughs> that's that's it right there. Yeah. That's hilarious. I uh I I can't believe that. Uh as Gronk would say, mm, nice. nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh <laughs> that that's that's almost impossible, seemingly. Yeah. Um but uh all that and more coming up next week. A lot of football talk and we will be this that may be the the preview of the college football playoff. So all football all the time next week. And I got a feeling that I'm going to give you a nice Alabama minus 13 and a half pick. Uh, spoiler alert. We'll get into that. I'll tell you what, week. you have a rude counter coming your way. <laughs> oh, do I? Yes, you is do. Is that the case? All right. Is this sauce Gardner going to lock down? Sure Jameson is. Williams? Yeah, I don't zero think reception, so. Zero yards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the real zero that highlight that, uh, that picture that keeps going around Twitter. That's right. All right. A whole lot of football talk. All that more coming up next. Uh, We'll take care and we'll see you next week. Peace.